The reading this morning is from 1 John 4, 7 to 21, talking of God's love and ours. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Saviour of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love of God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God, and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us, so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God, yet hates brother or sister, is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister, whom they have seen, cannot love God, whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command, Anyone who loves God must also love his brother and sister. I'd like to thank Steve Mack for my comparison to Simon Manchester, preachers on the radio. Simon and I were at the same Bible college in the same class. So we both were at Moore College back in 1976 and 77 together. And I think he's done pretty well from himself. Uh, he learned a lot from me back in those days. <laughs> Uh, let's pray for humility. <laughs> uh, Heavenly Father, we do pray for humility to hear your word. Uh, Lord, we humble, humble ourselves under your authority. And uh, Lord, we're here as your sheep. We need feeding. Uh, we need the nourishment that only comes out of the mouth of God. And so, Lord, nourish us today. Water that in by the Holy Spirit. May we be more like Jesus by the end of what we hear. Think meditate and decide to act upon in Jesus' name. Amen.
love loved back to life again. Um, I believe that God is the motivation, the means and the measure of love. God is the motivation of love. That scripture is very clear that God is this source, this generation of the motivation of love. And boy, do we live in a society that needs, needs love. You know, we look around and we watch the television. We've got our ears out. We see people's lives. We live in a society that all around us are people that bear tremendous scars, tremendous scars from the bruises and damages of life. We see many people, too many people that are raised in families uh, where they don't feel loved. Some of them just feel neglected. Some of them feel that it's not just neutral, that they've lived in negative environments. And sometimes they've lived in environments that have been unsafe and even abusive. Uh, There would be people here today, there would be a number of people here today that bear scars from not being loved in the very primary unit that God has created that we might be loved through the family unit. And so we have that. And so we see people's lives spiralling out of, out of control. We see people and we say, how on earth did they get there? How, what happened in their life that they found themselves living in these kind of conditions with this? How did a person end up like that? You've seen many people like that. You've encountered people like that. You think, I'm not sure what's happened in your life. How have you ended up to be the way that you were? I was watching the ABC and there was an award-winning two-part series uh, that was on the Oasis Centre that operated out of King's Cross. And uh, it featured a guy called Major Paul Moulds. And it was like a 12-year apart. There was part one and part two. And he was right there in the centre of Sydney. And he was dealing with marginalised people and uh, dealing with kids that were really broken. They came from unbelievable homes. One child came home and he was eight years old and he only had a single mother and she just left him. She just abandoned him and disappeared from his life. He was eight years of old and he came home and never saw his mother. She just left him and he was totally and utterly abandoned at eight years of age, all by himself in the home and not knowing what to do with himself. Is it no wonder that people like that spiral out to find themselves in, in uh, cycles of addiction and all kinds of things? And it was really interesting as they went on and uh, many, there were many train wrecks of humanity. But what happened was uh, in a recent fundraiser, a young man called Owen Davis, who was the guest speaker at the 2018 Red Shield Appeal, he in fact was a street kid. A street kid back in those days, 11 years apart from the release of Oasis number one, I said 12, it's 11. It was an award-winning film on homelessness. There was a follow-up one called Oasis Returns, a documentary that we just just caught by happenstance in the evening one night. Ministry of this Salvation Army officer who now, he's gone from there, now he ministers in Auburn. (laughs) That's a tough gig. (laughs) You know, He's just put himself right there and continues in that space. So Owen Owen Davis was a street kid and there they are together. Owen Davis is one of the original characters that also features in the sequel. He was a teenager when he found himself on the street, not the young person I referred to earlier. Having nowhere to go, he slept in a disabled toilet 
of a train station for many weeks while continuing to attend school. He eventually quit school because he was being bullied and became addicted to drugs. Years of juvenile detention stints followed before he stumbled across Oasis Youth Support Network in Sydney, Surrey Hills, run, of course, by Major Paul Moulds. This is what he had to say. I was a bit outrageous. I was drug addicted. I was drinking alcohol every day. So I was a bit wired all the time. The salvos gave me everything I needed. Food in my belly, a bed to sleep in, a safe place to live. I went from feeling lost and scared to having hope. Owen also met Paul, whose patience and constant support greatly impacted Owen. And he said, Paul loved me back to life again. Paul loved me back to life again. There he is. Phase one, just a wreck. Who knows what precipitated this great spiral into terrible things. Living in a disabled toilet and railway station. Not having the support picked on at school. And there he is, speaking at the 2018 Salvation Army fundraiser. And he said simply, Paul loved me back to life again. The scripture says this, we love because he first loved us. What filled Major's life that drove him to reach out to these young people and to love them in the way that they did. He was, you see, the Salvation Army officer knew the love of God. He was filled by the love of God. He was propelled by the love of God. He was shaped by the love of God. He was infused with the love of God and the love of God flowed out of him into the lives of others. That is the role of the Christian church. That is our role as Christians, to be filled, to be filled, to be fired by the love of God, so deep, so saturated in the love of God that when we meet other people, it flows out of us and touches and transforms the love of God. The love of God is transformational. The love of God goes through us to other people. Here's a perfect example. Not everyone in Oasis number one made it. Not everybody makes it. Not everybody who that we reach out to uh, is able to embrace what we're giving. Not everybody is restored. Not everybody is made whole. But some are. But some are. We are required to love those people who God and our lives intersect with. When in a moment of time, we are to be God's agent of love in those moments. We love Because he first loved us. It is the primary absolute in life to love the Lord our God with all our heart and all our mind and all our soul and all our strength and to love our neighbours as we love ourselves. And so we are. That is the fundamental of the Christian faith. That's what this passage is about. This passage is all about that. Our mission is to love people back to life again, filled with the love of God ourselves. God is the means of love. Let's look at the scriptures. Go down to verse 16. Let's just pick it up from the second half. God is love. 
He's the personification of love. It's the definition of love. He's the example of love. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God is in him. So God is the definition of love. His spirit is the infusion of love. Look at verse 16, the first part now. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. You can't do this. You cannot fulfill the mission of God in your own strength. You can't love like Christ's love unless you are filled and infused with the love of God. You will run out. You're like a tap that's turned on. You know when you turn the tap on and it's been on, you've got the hose, there's a bit of pressure built up like that, but it's been turned off, but you've got some pressure in the hose. I often do this when I go to wash the car. It goes, for, it goes great for about three seconds. Look at Because it's, it's under pressure. It's got a little bit of water and it's all building up there and I, I forget to turn the hose on, which we won't be doing very soon, by the way, from the 10th, we'll be washing our cars in a bucket. And everybody said, yes, we will, Pastor. Yes, we will, Pastor. But back in the day when we used to be able to just wash our cars and do stuff like that. And then you, you, you turn it on and you, you've had it turned on, but somehow you've gone over and you've turned it off and there's just pressure in the hose and then it goes... Because it doesn't have a continuous supply. Friends, if we try to love other people like the transformative love of God and we try to do it in our own strength, you'll just have a little bit of pressure built up and you'll just go for a little bit, then you'll go... Drip, drip, drip. That'll be your Christian love. Drip, drip, drip. You've got to shake it and try to get something out of it. There's nothing left in it. Because we need the dam attached. We need the mains pressure on us. We need the power of God, the love of God flowing through us with the impetus of the Holy Spirit. That's what happens. We are filled and fueled and fired by the love of God and he moves through us to love other people. And as we engage people, we're other to love them and love them and love them and love them because the love doesn't run out because it has a massive infinite reservoir flowing through it. It is the reservoir of God himself who is love. We love because he first loved us and he continues to love us and continues to flow through us. He is the very definition of love. He is the very infusion of love. Look at verse 13. We know that we live in him and he in us. That's the secret. He's in us. He is in us by the Holy Spirit because he has given us his spirit. And so we have this infinite source of the Holy Spirit living in us, enabling us to continue to love. Enabling the major to continue to love one street kid after another, after another, after another, after another, after a dozen, after another dozen, and not see everybody be restored. And not see everybody be able to turn their life around. And no doubt attended many funerals. No doubt probably conducted them, I would think. But he was able to go on and then God even called him to another mission field, the complicated, challenging, multicultural area of Auburn. 134 different nations live in Auburn. You think we're multicultural? Mm -mm. Dear friends, verse 7, dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. You see, God is the motivation and he is the means of love. And our mission in life is fueled and fired and filled with the love of God, compelled by his love to love people back to life again. And God is the measure of love. Look at verse 9. This is how God 
What about God's love? How big is God's love? This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is the demonstration, you see, because love in the Bible is an action. There might be the odd passages about how you feel. You might go to the Song of Songs and somebody's pretty keen on somebody else. But generally speaking, when you read 1 Corinthians 13, that's, a, that's an action plan. You look at that. Patient, kindness, not keeping a record of wrongs. Bible in the, the Bible, when it talks about love, is it talks about a, an action. And what is that? How can Jesus say you ought to love your neighbour? Love your enemy. What good does it do if you love just your friends? Jesus said, even the pagans do that. But you ought to love your, your enemies. How can you love your enemies? I want to kick them in the shins. I want to do them a whole lot of damage in the precious name of God. I'm that kind of guy. I'm the blue healer, uncivilised kind of pastor. I'd love to give him the five blessings of Jesus right like that. That's the kind of person I am. You've got to pray for me too. you to pray a lot because I have a bad streak. I've got no idea what I'm meant to be saying right now. Yeah. We've got to love our enemies. Because love in the Bible, it is a commitment of the will to do the right thing by another human being regardless of how they've treated us. It is a commitment of the will to do the right thing by another human being regardless of how they have treated us. That is love. It is a commitment of the will to act for the best interests of another person, regardless of whether they're your friend, regardless of whether they like the same music, regardless whether you get on with them or not. To love your neighbour, to love your enemy, is to do the right thing by them, to be committed to do that. And so God has shown his love. He has sent his son into the world which was at war with him. Who by us, by our nature, we were enemies of God. We have ignored God. And yet he's sent his son into a hostile environment and his son gives himself up for us. And so we see that this measure of God's love, this initiated measure of God's love, that while we were yet Christ's enemies, he died for us. God loves the unlovely, and boy, at times we are unlovely, uh, aren't we? And so I, I believe this. How do we get the one of the ways we need to understand how do we experience the love of God and get it to other people? You know, friends, we we need to reach out and receive the love of God when we've really done dumb stuff. Have you messed it up? I think you need to reach out and get God's mercy and grace. Do you really suffer with the black dog, as I have done a number of times in my life, really suffered with trying to get our, my head straight, my attitude right, my depression, and lift that off, and to try to move on and not have recurring kind of thoughts that are really negative? We need to invite God into that space. Uh, do you have a brokenness in your life? Do you have a battle in your life? Do you have a thorn in the flesh as Paul did in your life? We need to be inviting God into that space and getting his mercy and grace. And so in our brokenness, in our ugliness, in our unattractiveness, in our mistakes, we invite God to love us in that so that when we find another person who's also doing it tough, who needs a bit of grace, who needs a bit of love, who needs a bit of encouragement, we're able to get beside them and empathise with them because we've received the same stuff into our brokenness. 
And so we receive God's love. We receive God's grace. We receive God's mercy. We receive God's patience. We receive God's forgiveness. And when we come across another human being that needs that, we don't judge them. We love them. Who are we to judge anyone? I called the love people. And we... We've received this love and mercy and generosity of God and we know it. We have received the love of God in our lives. We love and then we, because he's first loved us and we can love others in the same way. We can see others. We can extend grace to them. Unjudgmental, loving, caring, grace and mercy and encouragement because that's what God has done with us in our weakest moments. We love because he first loved us. We have a mission in this world. Our mission, I believe, is to be filled, fired and fueled by the love of God. And as we encounter people in the name of Jesus, we have in us, through the Holy Spirit, the power to love people back to life again. It's a great mission, isn't it? It's a great mission to love people back to life again. And there will be some receptive hearts and souls out there that will be able to receive what you give. Not everybody will, but some will. May God guide us to those people and may we be a living blessing because we have the living God living in us. Our Heavenly Father, we just pray that you would, we would be constantly turning our brokenness over to you and our messed up and our confusion and our, our, all the things that we struggle with in life, Lord, and then receive the love of God so powerfully in our lives that it transforms us so that being transformed, we can transmit the love of God to others in all their confusion and brokenness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.